give us credit bruh why would you do that because we've been putting episode we've been putting in that work is it i guess so we're putting in that work right now and here's 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 why i'm not feeling it because we have been putting in the work but we because banked, i'm not involved no we banked a couple mm-hmm. so it's not weekly as it usually is because we caught two episodes in one day but no we did two in a day twice that's what i'm saying so it feels yeah. like i wasn't i haven't been doing it you know what I think we did? I think we figured out the only way this thing will work is is getting as many into a day as possible. And then I realized the genius is safe. Don't, don't, don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let me not get ahead of ourselves. I, I didn't figure anything out. We're always going to be a failure. But also, <laughs> also let me add, now if you want to get like the Siphon Rosenberg fuck off episodes, as long as we keep coming with these guests, that's only Patreon. See, Syph, it actually gives you a reason to go to Patreon because if you want the fuck off episodes, yeah, yeah, that's you're right. What Patreon is now 100. What I thought you meant by fuck off is by you not coordinating the schedules with me enough to where we get two guests at the studio. I usually have to leave to go do a show, and that's me saying I'm going to fuck off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, we have been meaning to do this. This this is so perfect for the one app audience. We're not normally the big book promoter type. You know, this isn't like we're not exactly Oprah um, or The no, View. No, not Oprah anymore. Um, what's her name? What's her name? Does it know? Reese with oh. not Reese with this. Is it Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon is a book. Oh, what's the other one? Oh, she's Who's on TV. Kelly Clarkson. No, forget it. Go ahead. Do your thing. No, do your thing. Anyways, our guys put out a book. It's called Do Remember uh, the Golden Era of NYC Hip Hop Mixtapes. By Evan Auerbach, a.k.a. Ev of Up North Trips, and Daniel Eisenberg, a.k.a. Stan Ipkiss. And they came on with us right now to talk about this joint because Stan Ip, I'm not going to lie, this book is the, the quintessential Juan Ep head piece. Thank I mean, you like, for having us on. Of course, bro. Where, where, what, are, what are the origins of, of this book besides you guys being rap nerds? Does it need to be any more um, than being I rap think, nerds? Rex. No, you, I mean, that's pretty much yeah. it. I think. <laughs> The way me and Ev initially connected was around like doing some mixtape posts on online. I had done some stuff on West Cheddar and he picked it up and put it on Up North Trips. That's how we became friends and realized we were both born the same year and had the same interests. And and from there we started doing stuff together and eventually led to like, hey, let's let's do a book. And um, so this is a topic that's near and dear to both of our hearts and uh, pretty amazing that's finally out and we're talking about it. It's crazy. Ev, how much work do you guys have to do like beyond obviously the knowledge that you guys have, and I'm sure your own personal collections, you start off, you know, really going back in the day, the old school tapes, uh, DJ Hollywood, Love Bug Starsky, you're way back. How much work did you actually have to do to sort of do the setup work to get to the 90s, which was probably more both of your sweet spot? I think the challenge in it all was putting it together in like a storytelling narrative. It was one thing. 
which the publisher would have probably appreciated, which was to be this like really beautifully designed book of mixtape artwork. And I think Dan and I both understood the value of telling the story, which hadn't really been done. So for us, the beginning part of it, which Dan and I can attest to, was the stuff that was most learning learning opportunity for us. You know, because you nailed it on the head, Peter. Like, I come into this game in the mid-90s, right? The Clue tapes, the exclusives, the SNS stuff. But the precursor of that was really kind of making sure that we got the right mouthpieces and the right storytellers to make sure that the setup of it was important as well. And who's some of those yeah. people you, that you got? Well, we started off the book, obviously, with Fab Five Freddy. Freddy wrote the forward of the book, which we thought was really important for a couple of reasons, right? 2023 marks 30 years since Freddie brought um, UMTV Raps uptown to Rockin' Wills uh, and had Kid Capri and Ron G on there, which was really like this national exposure to what was happening uptown with mixtape. That, that's a pivotal moment in the mixtape world? No, but it, it sets, I think it sets off the national storytelling and awareness of mixtapes in a way that really? I think we all probably appreciated because we were here. I have that on a VHS somewhere from the first time it aired. In one of my bins, I got that on a VHS, but also I just saw it on like Instagram or TikTok where it had Kid Capri doing the something in the way you make me feel with the impeach the president drums. That's it. That's it. And it's like, I mean, I can't tell you how much, how many times I watched that as a kid trying to copy that shit. So having Fred set it off and that kind of be setting the stage for the story made a lot of sense. And what he wrote was so important because He's a boombox guy and he talks about that and he sets the stage as like really the precursor to the precursor of the mixtapes is these live recordings from venues, Cold yeah. Crush Brothers, you know, just pulling up to the spot. And really, we made a decision that we didn't want to talk about mixtapes as that being live recordings of of, of performances. Yeah. You know, there could be a whole book written about that era of it. Yeah. Um, so where we drop the needle, pun intended, is really like talking about Hollywood and Hollywood's you know, bringing the forefront of the technological change between A-Tracks, right? Because he comes in in the late 70s, early 80s. That was A-Track era. Those recordings to cassette? Those first to ones? To cassette, yep. So from the Hollywood era, kind of the torch pass goes on to probably Brucey B, which I think is probably one of the most unheralded and unappreciated and uncelebrated gentlemen in the mixtape game because, you know, what he was doing uptown at the rooftop is really the where the commerce of mixtapes comes in, yeah. right? The idea of like, I can record myself live at the club, shout out that Pete and Cypher Sounds are in the building, right? And Pete and Cypher Sounds wanted a copy of that because of how important the rooftop was. And Bruce was a smart enough guy is that he realized he could start selling those tapes and mass producing those tapes. So as he explains in the book, he was selling last week's recordings this week at the club right. and would know. So that's kind of really where the commerce of mixtapes comes into play. Yeah. And then moving the story a little bit forward, I don't want to get too too much. Is is then Kid Capri takes that idea of what was in the club and says, "I'm going to create that sound, but I'm going to do it in the crib, right? I'm going to create that same energy from the rooftop, and I'm going to do this in the crib and recreate it with the DJ shouting it out, the shout outs, the quick, fast mixes, and the cuts, and and brings that into a home studio set, and that kind of explodes from there. So those early eras was really important to set the stage for what was to come next which is the SNSs and the Craig G's and obviously up through the clues and the MVs and the guys that were a little bit more in the time that said, Dan and I were around. Yet, man. Yeah, what about do up yet, man? What the fuck? You I mean, look, do up, Tony, Ron, those guys get their own category. No, right? because I th- no, no, no. Stop playing. WAP is with SNS and Craig G. Tony came a little after. 
in the Wabba's sense 91. That but in the sense of what they did that changed the format of the mixtape, right? Fine, 95. I see what you're saying. They, so they, they each one of those <laughs> in their own ways changed the format of what mixtapes were. Okay, I all right, I see what you're saying. Yo, the pictures in this book are so crazy. Sick, bro. The pictures are sick. Cypher so Sounds tapes in there. Do I have a tape in here? Really? Yeah. You have a what whole tape? there's a whole section on you. No. Because I'm not involved. And I read the book. I read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you read the book. I didn't say I read the book. I I literally just opened it. Here's the plastic. (laughs) 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 I just opened it right before you, bro. What cage is safe? Let me find you. What's my story? No one tells me. Maybe these two tapes. We know about these tapes, safe on the screen, my bro. Safe. 162. Nobody tells those stories. Yo, Funkmaster Flex presents DJ Cypher Sounds Big Dog Volume 1. Yeah, Volume 1, baby. Guess what Volume 2 was? Never came out. Plus, you heard Volume 1 Penalty Mixtape. Cypher, you always talk about this. If you got the penalty, okay. You know what? I fuck with y'all. I fuck with y'all, white boys. When we started this book, there were like two tapes that I wanted to figure out how to get the stories behind. One was Mr. C talking about the best of Biggie, and two was you talking about that Nori tape. Wait a minute, I uh, talked so about. I feel this? accomplished that we you interviewed that. me. No, we just made yeah, it all up. Remember? Just make sure, remember. make sure you approve. <laughs> make sure you approve. I don't even remember being interviewed. It's amazing. <laughs> Wait, when did you guys so do it during fun. the pandemic? Yeah, all so on now, Zoom. What about? Oh fuck yeah! Okay, now I remember. What about? Okay, so you got you got SNS, <laughs> you got Ron G. You got uh, Craig G. Then you got Doop, Tony Touch, all that yeah. shit. What about um, what do you got? Dirty Harry in here? Didn't get Dirty Harry. There's some Dirty Harry dirty stuff Harry. in. We got but there's Dirty we got Harry. No Joe. There's Dirty Harry stuff in. Well, we we got No Joe. So a, a little bit about the book is it's just not interviews with mixtape DJs. We thought it was important to really kind of get every single angle that we could to talk about mixtape culture. So we yeah. got store owners. We got really? graphic designers. Uh, we got distributors and with Dirty Harry, we spoke with a designer whose name was Nojo, who was really responsible for creating for the, kind of like the, the look and the likeness and of what we know mixtapes to feel like of that era. Do you consider Stretch and Bob live recordings mixtapes from the radio show? Yes. There's a chapter. I think from, li- yeah, there's I think a from chapter live on radio tapes. Because I fucking, you know, when I worked, okay, I was going to say you got the G unit shit in here. Yep, that's all in here. Um, when I worked at Fat Beats, they used to sell the Stretch Armstrong and Bobito tapes. And I never got any of them because I was like, why do I need the tapes? I listen every week. Years later, I'm like, what a fucking asshole I am. I could have had every <laughs> single one. And your, your conversation about Fat Beats really uh, like opened up a something that we had overlooked, which was like the turntablism tapes. Yeah. Right. You know, like which were really important to mixtapes, um, you know, the Rock Raider, rest in peace and the whole executioners and spin bad and guys who probably don't fit into that criteria of mixtape DJs. But were doing things on cassette tapes that were yeah. done by DJs that pushed the conventional format of what we know as mixtapes but were equally as important. Fat Beats being one of those places where they really popped off. So when do you like our traditional core version of a mixtape where do you think that starts okay capri you mean one dj just mixing new songs essentially on the turntables recorded to tape and mass produced 
Right. And not live. Not like a lot. I think because I think Brucey B is much. I saw I saw Brucey B the other day, and I said, "Do you have all those tapes?" He said, "Bring me a flash drive." I said, "I will be there." You know what I mean? But like, yeah. as much as I want all those recordings from the rooftop and everything that Brucey B did, is that a mixtape? You know what I mean? Because the term mixtape has gone through many different transformations. Where does it yeah, start, all, and where does it all end? It's all a mixtape. I mean, I think that's part of it. You know, we talk about yeah. the live tapes. Those are mixtapes. People recording their set in a club, Kid Capri in the building or whatever it is. Um, and then it's hit them in the crib. So now you got guys like Ron G, they're doing blend tapes. They're doing it in the crib. Or Kid Capri, like Ev said, is just emulating what would have been done at a club in his crib. Same style of being on the mic and everything. Same mix, same, you know, party flow of the of the song selection. You know, and then it gets so more I, conceptual. You get 95 live, 50 MCs, yeah, all this but type then of where stuff. Does, and then where it, does, all of a sudden, it's like a one artist focused. It's all a mixtape, really. Is 50 is fifty and all the G-Unit stuff mixtapes? That's where I always yeah, start I mean, to, like... Why wouldn't it be? It's just it's just a new focus. It's a one artist focus, right? Yeah, but that's, one it's not mixed, that, though. It's not mixed. It's like a playlist like almost. Class. It's like a... That's the, it's the argument, argument, right? Yeah, it's the argument that this what one up is for, baby. Jail, right. jail yard arguments. <laughs> well, the skills versus exclusives. I mean, you even talk about it in your interview. People will come into Fat Beats and be like, "Yo, you got the new Clue tape," and you would almost shame them, you know? Because you're like, this, <laughs> "You're just, <laughs> you're, just you're just playing a playlist." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, whereas like other guys, you know, Rob Swift tape or whatever, it's like skills you know it's actual yeah. turntable um, cutting and slicing and mixing and blending and all that stuff so i mean the, that's probably the age-old argument uh, on our side of it it's it's all a mixtape to us yeah, it's all is, a mixtape and it's all valuable fire, for its bro. own reason i came up appreciating the guys who were going to give you the new music before it came out the guys that had the new biggies or the freestyle the stuff you couldn't get on the album that was like Absolutely. my first attraction to wanting to drive into the Bronx as like a 16 year old kid and just like yeah. look wherever I could to find tapes. You know, that was what I wanted. Not that I didn't appreciate the the other stuff, but that was like attractive for me. And the time that I entered into my hip hop fandom, where, other people could make the other argument, you know, where would you get your tapes back then when you drove into the Bronx? I would go like Fordham road. I had a couple spots. I forget the, What's what's the record store that was on Fordham? It was like you went downstairs. I think maybe it was called Downstairs Music or was that even a music factory? Yeah. Um, Southern Boulevard was one of my spots. There was another one on Grand Course. I keep searching for that feeling that I used to get when I used to get mixtapes, and it just doesn't exist anymore. There's nothing gives me that feeling like feeling. when you used to buy those fucking mixtapes, man. I mean, it's it's for me, that's the same yeah. feeling that doesn't exist anymore of buying new records at a record store. Like when you, when I would like go to New York and go to beat street, not beat street, go to, um, whatchamacallit on St. Mark's and actually just like get new records in the plastic and you hadn't heard them yet. Like some of those, a lot of the buying experiences of new music that's dead. You can still get the feeling from buying old vinyl and it feels nice, but it's not the same as like, you just got a mixtape or you just got a new 12 inch or even you're at the mall randomly and you stumble on like, yo, they have a cassette single for this and it has a whole B-side, another song. I got to yeah. buy this right now. Yeah. Maxi. Maxi. Yeah, the Maxi cassette. Maxi singles. Um, Bro, guys, this book is really dope. This right here, this is Thank for you. the hip hop nerd in your life. Yeah, this, I'll put this on my coffee table. From Oh, two, you know what? I got to get a coffee table. From two very official... <laughs> Two very official 
hip hop nerds in their own right who've been doing it in many different ways for a very, very long time. Um, Ev, Stan, Ip, we appreciate you guys for sending us this and for putting this out because this is another piece of the story that needs to get told. It's a perfect companion piece with the, the Tony Touch movie that's out that everyone goes stream on Paramount. And this is a really yeah. nice, uh, a nice piece that you can have in your hand. All the pictures and notes and flyers and letters and stories. Um, congratulations and thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me shine a light on the book. Yeah, for real. Thank you guys. Of course, man. This is super cool. All right. Thank you, boys.